Welcome to Club Pro Chatter number nine, brought to you by the Minnesota Section PGA and the Section. <laughs> I always struggle with that, Scotty. With the Section's charitable arm, PGA Reach. Greg Snow here, head professional Olivia Golf Club, along with my co-host Scotty McDonald, Mister Sixty Nine. That's what he shot yesterday at the uh, Snowball Pro Am, and that's why we're broadcasting it. We talked about this at our last uh, uh, at our last podcast that maybe we could do it uh, down at my home turf. Well, we came close. Yes. We're here at the Redwood Golf Club, Mike Snow's home track, and we're at day two of the Snowball Pro-Am. Scotty McDonald, my co-host, shot 69 yesterday, but he's only in second place. Timmy Johnson. Tim Johnson. You know, what is it? Before these scheduled podcasts, Timmy's always got it going, and I think he just likes to get on the air. Is 67 yesterday. That close to asking him to come, and then I remembered what happened last time we had him on. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, just to, I mean, those of you that haven't been at the Redwood Golf Club here, beautiful, absolutely amazing. You look out here off this deck, it's, it's probably one of the best views you have in the state. I remember coming here for the first time last year and just being blown away. It's, it's kind of a little hidden gem down here. Very scenic in the River Valley. Uh, obviously at Olivia yesterday, it was awesome. Golf course was in great shape. I told you you that. Thank you. Uh, I thought the greens were fantastic. So, yeah, uh, jump right back into the podcast, and here we go. Scotty, what does this view remind you of? Just say it, because I know you what you're thinking. Come on. I, I Section championship this year? Oh, at the Preserve. Preserve, yes, that's yeah, right. That's... Preserve is still probably one of the top looks. Yes. Redwood National, which I don't think it's called Redwood National, Redwood Golf Club. We can yeah. call it whatever we want. Yes. Anyways, very similar view. Did you guys go out on the deck? Yeah. Oh, by the way, you guys, is uh, we have Maggie here again. She always helps us out. And then we have an intern, Gracie, who we found out, Scotty, speaks Russian. Yes. I, I Somehow we have to incorporate oh, that sure. into the podcast down the road. A podcast down the road when Maggie can't come and she's running the show, we're going to bring her in. Because Maggie doesn't care to really talk into this, but maybe Gracie will do that for us. I, I think that'd be a great call. Do you watch the Will Kane show? No, I don't. I have no idea what that is. Okay, well, he he brings all of his producers in, and he asks them all kinds of questions. But he's got like four hours to fill, so I can imagine that that would be difficult. All right, let's move on. Apologies. I think you asked me to sing, but it is way too early for me. I have a terrible voice. You know, I'm just backfill. I I can't do it like you, Scotty. What your hair is all a mess here. Did you shower this morning? Yes, I did, Greg. Okay, why, I, I why couldn't w- tell if that's grease or if it was something you did on purpose. Grease. I could this- tell. I've been waiting to get a haircut, and clearly if I'm going to keep playing well, I'm just going to let it grow. That's like the rough out here today. That's what I've heard. There were rumors on the casino floor about how long the rough is. The one thing I'm going to say is I I think I'm going to get a little Brad Schmier hair going here. You got the Brad Schmier going. That is perfect. Okay, so Maggie's going to clip in a little song for apologies. Is it too late now to say sorry? And now we're back. And so, uh, Scotty, am I supposed to start or do you want to start with apologies? I have an apology yeah, for you, Maggie. You probably got many. Oh, yes. I have to I apologize to Maggie. I heard it. Maggie, when, did you hear it? Just nod yes or no. Okay, good. You need to apologize. So, last episode, I talked about how Greg and I are so busy and we can do a podcast about twice a month. And then I said... Maggie could probably do a podcast every day, like insinuating that you're not busy. 
but I know how busy you are and how much you do for the section. So I really do sincerely apologize because she behind the scenes probably does more than anybody. We've had a lot of tongue in cheek apologies, but when I heard that this morning, I cringed. Yeah, I did. I cringed. I was like, Ooh, that didn't sound so good. No, it's probably not as bad as what Hank Haney said, but it's pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Wouldn't you say Scotty? Yes. yes when exactly. did you re-listen to it? Uh, I listen to it typically right when it launches yep. and then right barely close this, right? right before this, just as a refit refresher. So, so both times did you kind of, uh. yeah, I've wrote it down in my mental notes. Like, Oh, that was just ridiculous. The other <laughs> one I've got is, is I was called out by our Brainerd boys. I got to apologize for Brady yep. Scott. He did say that, you know, last year Brainerd got hit with winter kill, which is completely false. It was way further north. Brainerd came through great. You and I played plenty of events there last year. Every place I played in Brainerd was fantastic, um, they and were, which is this year they're fantastic again. So. They were semi-offended about that. They were. Yeah, so that was just, um, you know, in Brady's defense, he's from Maine. So his Minnesota geography is not as well versed as you and I. So that's that's an apology for him. It's it is northern Minnesota, but there's also like five hours north to the border. So yeah, my apologies to Tim Brovold. It's pretty deep. Okay. That time. Yeah. I'll let you eat some of your oatmeal. Okay. Is that warm? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so last podcast. I wasn't signed up for the match play yet. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got kind of talked into playing in the match play because I said, hey, if I shoot 75 out there today or better, um, I'll sign up. Which, might Anna, I'll jump in. You did beat me at Minnewaska, my home track. Bogeyed like three out of the last four to shoot 73. Thought it was, yeah, one over. That's yeah, right. yeah, yep. So yeah, I kind of limped in as pretty. It was kind of Dustin Johnson esque. Yeah, at the old PGA, but uh, but I knew I had plenty of cover. And actually, in the back of my mind, I was thinking if I could bogey some more and still beat Scotty, I wouldn't have to play the match. Yes, yeah. but man of my word, I shot. Uh, Maggie actually texted us right after. Hey, what did Greg shoot, or did he sign up for the match? Well, I can't remember. I'm like, yes, I'm in. So, anyways, so I signed up for the match play, and Scott, I think I bladed four of my first five iron shots out there. And Tim Brovold had to watch that. Matter of fact, the game, the turning point of the match, you guys, this is no lie. Hole number one, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. where you go left or right. Double fairway. I'm two yep. down. No, I'm three down. I'm three down on hole five. I'm contemplating an exit strategy. Yep. How many can I lose so I can get back to work? Right? This is, this is a really good mental lesson for a lot of people out here. What not to do. Right. Right. Okay. I'm standing over a wedge, 108 yards, gap wedge, and blade it. Absolutely blade the junk out of it. Seven skipper off the water, which is a slight exaggeration. But it skips so hard that it hits the bank, rolls up. I got 40 feet for birdie. And I was the first to play. So these guys all had to watch that and then stand over their shots. So you hit an Augusta number 16 shot. Those Not on purpose. Right. Those guys do it on purpose, Scotty. I blade this sucker to 40 feet. And, of course, Brovold, I'm guessing, is laughing. Yeah. He has to be laughing. It was so bad that I shouldn't have been playing on any tour or any event. I'm literally talking. I'm holding the pose. I was playing with Tim Johnson. I'm holding the pose. And I go, that's how you do it, boys. Because I had no choice but to make fun of myself yes. at this point. Yes. Okay? I had nowhere to turn. I'm embarrassed. I don't. I shouldn't be out here. I'm playing like garbage. 
bladed up on the green, Brovold chunks his. I mean, just flat out chunks it halfway to the hole, hits that one left of the green, flops that chip on, and ends up uh, ends up making a, a 20-foot or whatever, say, bogey. Meanwhile, I two-putt par. I win the hole. I should have been four down, and instead I was two down. And again, I, I don't know what, what I was doing out there. So my apologies to Tim. I'm sorry. You should have had a better opponent. Tim ended up beating me two and one, but it didn't need to be that close um, because I really wasn't that good. You know, I played with Tim after the fact, after that this happened, Did because you? he was in my foursome in the second round, played Thomas Campbell, yes. and actually it was Tim made a charge at the end, brought it all the way to 18 when Tim's he was down. Tim's a good player. Four. Tim is a very good player. And we talked about a few things, and uh, he said there were some interesting things out there. He didn't throw you under the bus. I did not hear about the skippity doo which, um, yeah, so. skippity doo was unbelievable. I, I, were you laughing or mad? I only I could. So my defense mechanism is I turn to making fun of myself yes. and I try to turn to laughter. But I do have that moment where people don't want to be around me. And I understand that I have that in me and I shouldn't because I seem to be a happy-go-lucky guy typically. Yeah. So I trying to turn it around because the first those three holes, I lost two, missed the green right. Three, hit it over the green in the water. Four, blader. Uh a blader to the right of the green, don't get up and down. So I'm three down, and I'm like, there's no hope for this. This is over, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, again, back to the Brent Snyder and the mental game. Yeah. I don't got it. <laughs> right? I mean, that's just that simple. Do we need, I need to, to call, work on it. Do we need to call up Brent and get you a mental lesson? Oh, probably. All right. That's all I got do for Do we want to jump right into um, crowning me the king of predictions from the PGA yeah, Championship? Yeah, I think we have to talk about it. If you hand me your keys, I'll shut your trunk. No, uh, leave it running. He, my buddy wants it running because it's charging. This is gold. This is podcast gold right here. That will be cut out. <laughs> no, Maggie, do not cut that. That is awesome. Scott left his truck running. Well, this is what happens when you're rolling Dusty at the buzzer. Dusty wants it running to charge oh. his GPS because he knows how important it is out here at Redwood. Nonetheless. Oh, Brooke, okay, all right. Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka, you nailed it. I so, mean, it was pretty easy pick. But... You also had a great prediction, Tiger missing the cut. Yes, I did. That was a great call on your point, too. I was pretty happy with my Tommy Fleetwood pick, too. Yeah, he made the cut. and Made the cut. He was on the leaderboard day one. Yeah, for about two minutes. Don't and worry then about that. When his name appears, guess who's thinking, hey, I got this. Did any of the club pros beat Tommy Fleetwood? No, Tommy just had about, he shot 80 the last day. And that's what kind of, or 79 or something crazy, some number that I shoot, which is what I shot yesterday, in case everybody's wondering at the Snowball Pro. I'm 79 on my home track. Anyways, I'm last place pro. So you nailed it with Brooks. Brooks is on fire. Did you find the event um, kind of like dull because he ran away? Or did the comeback by Dustin and him kind of faltering bring you back into the tournament? I watched a lot of it, but it was, I think it was very dull. And I, I didn't look at the uh, TV ratings or anything. That was, the back nine was interesting. It got a lot more interesting than people thought. I don't think everybody was tuning in saying, here's Kepka, he's got a five-shot lead. Let's let's see him run away with this thing. And then all of a sudden, Dustin makes a move and Brooks makes some bogeys and all of a sudden, it's a one-shot lead. But, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of Brooks took the reins right out of the gate, had the lead for 
pretty much wire to wire. It was wire to wire. So it just isn't, uh, there wasn't a lot of drama. And it was almost like after the first round, everybody's like, well, this is, it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to win this thing. I got a series of questions for you about Brooks that I feel like we need to get into here. And then we'll hit the Tiger miss cut because, of course, it took a great golf mind to see that was coming. Even though I think he missed by one. Yes. Or two, so it wasn't yeah. that far off. No. But why, is, why isn't Brooks this trans... I don't know what the word is. This transfiction figure. Why aren't people gravitating to him? I don't understand. What is it about him that people are like, eh... Well, you know, he, you know what I'm saying, yeah. doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like people are like, yeah, whatever. Well, it's. I think it's part about how he plays the game and how he is out on the course. It's. It's not like he gets. So if he makes a birdie, there's no tiger fist pumps. If he makes a bad swing, he's not burying a club into the ground. It's. It's very um, going about it in a professional way, and it's. It's like he's. He's doing his job, and it's just what he's expecting to do. Uh, it's very flat-lined, but very flat-lined apparently works very well. And um, boring golf, as as and not that it's boring. He's hitting at 330 and hitting every single green and making all these putts. I mean, he shot 63 the first day and made it, and he missed some short putts. Scotty, that's why I love asking questions like that. I didn't see that angle. The club slams and the anger and the hold your camera, you know, yeah. that Tiger used to bring that some of us just hated. Yeah. Other people just loved it. Yeah. That he's this controversial figure. It's, um, you know, one of my favorite tennis players of all time was Martina Hingis. Uh-huh. And she was just a fireball. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I loved it. I was like, that's awesome. But I, I didn't like it with Tiger. And again, I just didn't like how he treated people. Yeah. And so it's funny you say that, that Brooks doesn't do any of that. That well, guy is the most even-keeled. You didn't know if he hit it 320 down the middle or 320 sideways. Yeah, and I think part of it is is he takes – I don't know that he's a, really a risk-taker. I mean, he goes for every par five if he can, but that's part of the, the lure of Phil is he has the – he pulls the shot off or he – fails and hits it in the water but that's Phil and that's why we love him because it is there's so it's so much of a spectrum with him Kepka's like right in the middle down the middle it's it's not like there's much drama yeah there's no flamboyant chip shots no or anything no. crazy no, through the no trees. super flops or things like that he's okay with chipping out and then getting up and down which, which Phil was like well I don't want to chip it out and get up and down I'm just going to go for the green here and try to do something yes but it's God. What he's got five majors now, two that U.S. Opens, right. isn't it four? Four majors, two U.S. Opens, two PGA. How sad of us! We don't even know that, Scotty. Well, they, that's they, what we're it, talking it, about with Brooks. It, 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 Why it, does he do this to us? I want to love this guy. I yeah. really do. I I think he's fantastic. I think it's uh, it's it's going to push you know Rory and Jordan and DJ. And Justin Thomas, all these young guys that have been close to number ones or number ones in the world to get better because when he is on, he's, I, I'm going to say it, he's almost impossible to beat. Yeah, I don't disagree. Did you think Tiger missing the cut really hurt the golf game or hurt, hurt golf as a whole? Or do you think that he was so far back it really wouldn't have mattered? The fans were out there. I mean, they were out there. Oh, yeah. Whether it was Tiger or Brooks or whoever, they were lined up in Beth Page. And again, what was it? Who played with them? Um, um, who played with Brooks uh, on the Brooks. last day? 
Oh, Harold Varner. Yeah. Varner played with him, and Varner was unhappy with how the crowd treated Brooks even, or how they were how they were talking. Of course, Harold pulled up a big number. But he did. Awesome that he was there. But the crowd was unhappy, or he was unhappy. So all these people were out there um, heckling. And what did they say afterwards? Uh, they asked one of the Americans, um, what do you think the Ryder Cup is going to be like? And he says, good luck to the Europeans. Yes. Because that crowd is ridiculous. It, it is so the PGA, we talked about this a little bit. The U.S. Open, you know, it's it's very thick, rough. And, and actually, Beth Page, I thought, was set up a lot more difficult than I, we gave it credit for on the podcast. It was difficult. when We had six guys under par and two guys at eight and six, and then the next was two under. Is Are we seeing the end of, you know, controlled golf? position golf is it look look at the two guys at the top of the leaderboard kepka and johnson it is is it the bombers for these these well it must be big events because i you know the reason i picked fleetwood is because i thought he had a pretty decent combo he's not as powerful as brooks he's not as powerful as dustin but i thought he had a good combination of length but accuracy and that's what i really felt was needed at beth page now in defense of what's going to happen that rough is going to be nothing when it comes to the Ryder cup yeah. They're going to mold that thing right down to what Hazeltine did oh, yeah. because that's an advantage to the Americans. For sure. Because we know we get slaughtered in that heavy rough and the Europeans just hit it so straight that it's not a big deal to them. So, again, to your point, yeah, maybe. But I think Pebble is going to be a lot of fun. And I want to talk about that here a little bit. But I think Pebble is going to be a lot of fun because you just can't overpower it with yardage. Yeah. You know, they're just they're going to have to play some controlled golf because those point of Then you're going to have to make some six-footers where the ball's wiggling left and right all over the place. That, that is late in the day. Yeah. I mean, you better play well that round you get in the morning wave because late in the day and the, the afternoon wave, it's going to be difficult to make putts. So, Greg, today is actually the big qualifier day. It's sectional qualifying for U.S. Open today. We've, right. we've had one already. They had an early one, and actually Minnesota ties – Got through. Charlie Danielson, who is a student of Brent Snyder's, got through in a four-person playoff, and he's going to the U.S. Open. Snyder's going to be on the range tee at Pebble, working with Charlie, which is huge. And then we've also got Thomas Campbell, who's at a sectional, was supposed to play in the snowball this weekend. Apparently, U.S. Open sectional trumps Just the a snowball. hair more important. Just a hair. Just a little bit. So did... Where did he say his sectional is? Did you did it, you hear? Yeah, it's Ohio somewhere, I believe. Okay, which is where I think a lot of the tour players go because yeah. the memorial was yesterday. And he started off as the 26th alternate. Oh, and he got through? He got it. He got a phone call uh, Wednesday or Thursday, and in his uh, New Zealand accent says, Hey, I'm so sorry to do this to you. That's Wester. I don't even know how to do it. But <laughs> love the guy because he was so awesome about it. It kind of felt bad, and it's like, dude. You have to go play on that. I mean, we get that. Yes. I mean, you would. Oh, for you sure. You would have absolutely hammered me and gone and done it. Well, I would have felt bad about it, though. Well, when you played in the qualifier at Chaska, yes. you said, hey, this, if I get to sectional, I'm probably not coming to the snowball. And my team would have been very upset if I could Right, because the they snowball. look like they're having a good time. Yes, yes. You not so g- much, because you try to act like it's all business out there. Oh, yeah, I'm like Kepka. <laughs> At least I strive to be. But good luck to all of our uh, Minnesota guys. Uh, I think Alex Klein, 
who works out at Troy Byrne and for Snyder as well, got through. He's at a sectional today. I played with uh, Bill Israelson's son at the cup matches. Andrew, he's down in Atlanta. Uh, he plays at NDSU. He's going to be a senior next year, so he's down there. So good luck. It'd be great to see some more people with local ties getting through to the uh, U.S. Open at Pebble. So the U.S. Open's coming up two weeks. Yes. Uh, one of our favorite events, uh, probably one of my favorite events, and the reason why is because I'm a big Phil Mickelson fan. And you love so, the USGA. I, listen, <laughs> listen. I am the guy that defends the USGA when these people rip on them. Yes. And, of course, now my boy Phil says, we hope that there's rain so that the USGA can't mess it up. So I got to be a little consistent here, and I got to be angry at him for that comment. Yeah. Because, again, I just don't think that it, quote-unquote, gets away. Now, granted, I've never played in the U.S. Open. You haven't either. Not yet. But, again, I haven't played There's one. There's still so, hope for us, so Greg. I don't know what getaway means, but after playing on Frozen Greens at the Country Club of Colorado, I don't know what getaway means. Yeah, yeah. Because that had to be getaway. Right? So I just don't, I don't appreciate that by Phil. I don't think that's a good play. Um, I, I just don't know why they do that, but even Rory McIlroy says um, that this is a make-or-break year for the U.S. Open, and I just wanted to slap him through the TV. What is a make-or-break? What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. It's I, I I think Pebble has it dialed in. They've they've had a few of these now, and they've had some great U.S. Open moments. Obviously, Tiger, uh, the 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 runaway. Yeah. Jack Nicholas, you know. Don't forget about Graham McDowell. Yeah, Graham McDowell, Tom Kite. It's some great winners over the years. And it's it's just one of the most iconic golf courses in the world. Yeah. So that alone, people love it. It's it's you you know almost every hole of pebble, not to the extent you don't know of Augusta, but you're very familiar. 18, 17, 18, everyone knows. Yeah. If you're a golf fan, you know it's a Tough par three and then that tough par five. So it's it's going to be fun to watch. Um, big thing, Tiger is going to be a big story just because of the history. Um, yeah, the 15 he, shot win. Yeah, he got it going yesterday a little bit at mm-hmm. the memorial and over the he, weekend. Yeah, had a good he had a good Saturday. So uh, I it, it'd be great again for golf to for him to contend. And apparently, this I'd reading an article in prep. Uh, this computer model that nailed the PGA Championship has Tiger Woods winning the U.S. Open. The computer is saying it. it, it really? Can it be? Who? You, well, again, I was going to ask you: Are we to the point now where we have to say you can't take Brooks? Are we to that point where if we're going to make our predictions, hey, Brooks is off the table because that's too obvious. It used to be the way with Tiger, wasn't it? It was the way with Tiger, and that's what I'm getting at, why we can't love this guy so much to go, you know what, let's take him off the table and let's say who else we can pick. And again, I don't even think Tiger is that safe of a bet. No. Again, he's doing more for prep than he did for the PGA Championship, which was my argument of why he was going to miss the cut because I didn't feel like he was doing any prep. He is doing more now, and he's going to be ready for this. And Pebble is a great spot for a lot of these guys. Uh, you probably saw that posting by Phil. I mean, he is just a social media gem, isn't oh, he? Boy, some Pebble. of these videos. Oh, it's a awesome? lot like that video we just filmed out on the on the deck there. <laughs> we might be right next to him. He's talking about the bear and the bear chest and then the hairy chest. And I'm going to hit these cute little cuts and all that stuff. It's awesome. Dropping bombs. So I yeah. like Phil's chances. So, again, I, I'm just going to go out and my pick for the U.S. Open this year because our next podcast will be after 
You know, yes. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in the next segment. But um, my pick is going to be Mickelson completes the Grand Slam. Scotty, what do you got? Oof. Wow, that's a bold prediction. It'd be wouldn't that's that a just bold be, one. Yeah, probably that stupid? just be the. The, uh, the 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 actual the, the 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 crowning of his career if that all was uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean it it'd just be great uh, I I don't there's there's so many people that have such a good history at Pebble you know Mickelson Tiger uh, the one another big one for me is uh, DJ and I really like DJ you know I picked him in the Masters but I I really that's that's I think who I'm going to pick again. He he played really well at the PGA Championship. He's won the Pebble Beach Pro Am. He's he's got great form, and it's it's another one of those bombers. He just uh, it's if the rough is long, he can kind of he has a little bit of an advantage because he's hitting it further up there. Now you picked him in two majors here. Is that like cheating? Well. If no, it's right. No, if it's right. I know we argue about this all the time. As a matter of fact, we have a guest right here that I want to bring on. Okay. And uh, before he, he starts talking, we'll put a bow on this U.S. Open. But we have a guest here. It's uh, Rube Lance from uh, that other podcast um, um, that challenged us to a, what we call a podcast challenge. And um, they're called Rube Sports Radio. And they do a great job. We get them every week. And this is one of the hosts. And he always says, too, of, why would I go out on a limb? This is a quote from you, Lance. Why would I go out on a limb when I want to get it right? So I'm okay with you picking Dustin because you want to get it right. Yeah. I go with my heart on these picks because then if I nail it, I feel really good about myself. And if I don't, we go back and we go, well, you picked with your with your heart, not your head. You yeah, know, you honestly. really love Tommy Fleetwood's long hair. That's why you Fleetwood. picked him. Yeah, so I why did you that. pick him? I really wanted to get that one right. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was a really good fit wrong. for that golf course. I was right in there. We already talked about that. Yeah, All right. Let's introduce minutes. Lance Nelson. Not quite Jeff Sorensen, who we wanted on today, but he is a podcast genius. Lance, welcome to the show. How are you doing, guys? Uh, I'm doing great, and thanks for calling earlier when I was on the phone with uh, my other gig with the radio, and I tried to answer you, and I ended up shutting him off, and then that messed up that whole deal. Yeah, I thought you just, I thought you just told me a voicemail. No, it got worse than that. So anyways, we only got a couple minutes here to talk, but what what are we going to do with this podcast showdown between us, this, and Maggie wanted to set this up, between Club Pro Chatter and Rube Sports Radio? Because again, people think Scotty and I are just golf. We're actually phenomenal other sport minds. Like, we would love to talk some Timberwolves, or if we want to talk some Twins, which you guys don't do baseball, but we're very cultured. You guys seem very football, you know, oriented. We're, we're football heavy, but first I'll, I'll take umbrage with you saying you that you're a great sports mind because we've proven over and over that that's just not true. They have a segment, Maggie, that's called Terrible Takes, and he is here, Scotty. Terrible Takes, but uh, and I've been a terrible take recipient about four times. Yeah, it's it, because I'm pretty active on Twitter. Yeah. Yes. So, Scotty, you know about that, but oh, yeah. what do you want to say to them as we try to line this up over the next six months? This is going to happen. And now we have Gracie on board, and maybe we can put these things together. Four microphones are going to be tough, but how are we going to do this, and what do you want to say to Lance? Well, I think we need to have some uh, sort of a decathlon of sports. So it's not just one area. We kind of have a 
obviously we got to talk football, which is probably their advantage, golf, which is probably our advantage, and then we throw in all the other sports, you know, basketball, baseball. Which all the other ones are our advantage. Yes. They have one sport that they're fairly knowledgeable about, and then they are off see, the charts. That, see, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> Did you? Well, not I forgot you were here. Did you, did you not listen to our baseball, our baseball preview? I did hear it, and you called the guy something fish instead of Mike Trout. <laughs> but what did we say? And it wasn't even tongue in cheek. You were serious. What did we say? We said that the Minnesota Twins were going to be one of the best teams in baseball. We're going to go to the World Series, and here we are, what a quarter of the way through the season. Great start. And you're sitting on top of the. Yeah, good no, point. No, no one else said good point, that. Lance. So what, what kind of format think, do you want to see? We'll, for we'll this? Have to, I think we'll have to hash it out. I think there's a way to do it to where yes, because obviously you know golf, you may have a slight advantage. Um, but <laughs> I got to ask you a question that came up last night at Max's Girl Scotty. Yes. But, yeah. Go ahead. Go Can ahead. Can I ask this? Yes. Lance? Yes. This is a good. We disagree question. on golf because Duke, Duke from Brainerd, who is Duke from Brainerd, will listen to this yes. now. So these two knuckleheads, the one behind you and this one, said to me last night. Our buddy, maybe why don't you word it? Yeah, why don't Duke, you word it? Because so I'll we, probably we were having up. a conversation. We got a friend this of ours, golf. Duke from Brainerd, who is he's a plus one hundred golfer. Yeah, but he's he's a strong guy. He hits the ball a ton, but he's terrible. He he hits one of every seven to eight drives down the middle, and the rest of them are either snap hooks or just fading to the right. And he wants to play the blues all the time, and so we've told him. Hey, you, you need to start off the whites, just like Scotty did. He was terrible, and he started off the whites, and now we finally got him back to the blues. Yeah. So the whole conversation was, oh, I want to challenge myself. And I'm like, you're shooting over, you haven't shot under 110. Let's try and get the game, get your game honed in a little bit yes. before playing the blues. And, and Greg disagrees with me. So his point is, Scotty, he wants to get better. Yeah. Does that a, where do you think a guy should play, and does that matter if you're trying to get better? Well, there's uh, I have a buddy that's exactly like this. He's a 24 handicap, and he caddied for me at the National Club Pro. And after we missed the cut, Snyder and I go and play, and he's like, I'm playing the tips with you guys. And Brent's like, no, just go play the regular tees, you know, 6,200 yards instead of 7,000. He's like, no, I, I'm playing all the way back. It's more of like a pride it's and ego. ego. It's pure ego. Oh, totally. It's, sure. it's like I'm all the way back. And So and, why did you tell him that, to play 6,200? I can guess. No, can you tell me I wrong? didn't tell. Brent told him right, to. Right, but I can guess. For I, his enjoyment, yes, right? Yes, he wants to play back there, and he feels like it's it's a – He's a former wrestler, so there's a lot of oh, ego yeah. for sure. Yeah. And he wants to hit it far. And one of the Rangers came out and said, what's your handicap? Why are you guys playing back there? We're like, we're pros. And he, my buddy Cruz goes, I'm a 24. And he's like, why are you playing back there? I, I, I just have to. It's it's almost it's ego. I, yeah, it is. I don't totally. disagree. Do you, think, do you think he would, by doing that, he's going to help himself get better, though? Ooh, that's the million-dollar question. Uh Definitely with longer shots. Is he going to make more birdies? No. It's a, it's a not, longer that's golf. That's not about getting better. No, no. It's, I think you should start closer and get used to making birdies and, and getting low scores and then, yeah, move back. That's that's what do, you, what do they say when you teach someone how to play? You start from the green and go yep. backwards. And you, you go further back as you get better. So... I think they're doing themselves a disservice to, to improving their game, for sure. Once again, it okay. just goes to show, I, I, I like you now. <laughs> he just said, he basically just said I'm he right. Just said he's, 
No, he didn't say you were right. Because, again, if you want to ref junior high basketball games the rest of your life and feel good about yourself and not get better, go ahead. Yes. Ref junior high basketball games. But if you want to become a better official, you better ref more than junior high basketball games. Well, yes. All I right? know is Steph Curry's dad didn't let him shoot three-pointers until he was, like, 15 years old. Okay. And now he's one of the best shooters. He didn't say, hey, go to the three-point line and start chucking threes. Yeah. We don't just – I don't even disagree with that. That, again, that maybe a kid should start off even closer to develop that touch and move backwards. I agree with you that he should start with a short game, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the tease. He yeah. should go up and practice the wedge shots because he's terrible at wedge shots. You yeah. said that. Yeah. We get that. But we're talking about the tease. You don't hit a wedge from the tease or putt. The last I checked. Am I, no, am I, maybe I should get kicked off this podcast if I don't. No, you or golf. Well, I have an opening. <laughs> But that's my point in the whole thing, Scotty. And of course, I always try to get the last word. So you guys go ahead. I always take the last word. I can see where this is going to go. I'm sure when Mike hears this, he's going to be excited now about this challenge. And we'll have to we'll have to figure out some rules. And I don't know how we're going to judge it, but uh, maybe we'll bring Scotty in. Scotty from Scotty. I think we'll let the public judge it. It'll be easy. We can do the public. We'll judge it. There's going to the the big thing is a lot like the first tee, the negotiation of what the categories are going to be that we're discussing. Yeah. It's uh, because we don't want it in somebody's home home court, you know, right. playing just talking all football or golf or whatever. So I think we should really talk some obscure things. I know that you're really big into curling and cricket. I'll talk some and, curling. Uh, I love Premier to talk League tennis. soccer. Yeah, I love I love tennis too. Yeah, but- so. I don't think Roof Sports Radio can talk tennis. They're very I think you are, I think one and a half dimensional. We're great sports minds from top to bottom. So <sighs> maybe we just throw things. We have random, put, put random categories. categories. Yeah, Maggie, yeah. write that stuff. We can down. pull them out of a hat. We've got horse we've racing. We've got our stud producer Maggie, and now we got Gracie, and they can come up with some stuff that hopefully Roof Sports Radio, who does not have a producer. They're their own producers, yeah. which Lance does a really good job with, by the way, because he kind of does it on his own on the fly, and he can cut out when uh, Rube Mike kind of gets under his skin if he wants to. Oh, yeah. Which he, happens a lot. He, he loves it when I do that, when I, I cut out sections when he takes me off. <laughs> thanks for joining us, All right, well, thanks Lance. Again, really man. appreciate Lance yeah, Nelson. That's my yeah, teammate today for the, pro, for the snowball. Well, hopefully I'll perform a little bit better than I did yesterday. Our whole team needs to play better. I was pure hot garbage yeah, yesterday. you were as bad as I was. <laughs> Let's move on. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, buddy. KMPG coming up next week. KPMG. See, I'm way off on that. KPMG. What does that stand for? None of us know, right? I think I think it's an investment. It's an accounting firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Price Waterhouse Coopers. Phil Mickelson is one of their yes, one of their people. You should so know that, don't you? Have a visor with KPMG on it. I don't have it, but I, I should get one because I love Phil. But I'm excited for this event. I love the fact that we're bringing the ladies to uh, to Minnesota again. We used to have the Dayton's challenge um we kind of lost that and you know i've always said too uh, kleinveld pete marwick goldiller which is probably four guys or four gals or three guys and a gal and they just combine it because they're like we can't say that name that's the kpmg scotty this is why we have great producers yes they They have that stuff to us they have all the information at their fingertips you know what i heard i heard this is because we talked about this when we were at hazeltine last fall the, the distance that they're playing it from. I heard Andy Smith talking that they might play it up to 6,800 yards. Oh, I heard 60. Remember Chandler uh, said 66. 
6,800 yards. Ooh, that's awesome. Wow. Do we know? Because right now in Minnesota, the grass is growing. Yes. We had all that water, and now we've had sunshine for a week and a half. Yes. People are mowing their lawns every three days. We can't keep up with our neighbor. I don't know. How are you doing? Yeah, it's the same thing. And and I heard Hazeltine. It's like Mike Barge, same thing. I talked to him about course conditions. They're going to have a lot of trouble to keep up with that rough. Yeah. And it's. I think it's going to be nasty. And you know how that rough can get out. There. I do, I do. I've been in it more than the fairway. So, so I'm excited for this event. I uh, I would like to see you know Kim Kaufman and Amy Olson, a couple of our locals. I think Amy went through the uh, Minnesota PGA Junior Series. Yes. So again, we're excited about that. She'll have a great following, I think. Oh yeah. Of local people. Late at NDSU. And then we're going to do our podcast on Friday down there. Yes. And then I can't. I'm going to watch on Saturday and Sunday. I have a little event at the golf club on that Saturday, and I'm going to have it on. And um, I like I was watching the U.S. Women's Open yesterday more than I was watching the Memorial. Uh, not yesterday, Saturday. Yeah. I, I just for something I just love the quality of golf shots. I love the quality of golf shots that they have, um, more so than the guys. I would think. Yeah. No, I think it, well, and it's going to be fun to just see the women playing Hazeltine, which we, which we've all played. And yes, and for tees that we kind of play from. Yeah, 6,800 is probably, it's a little bit longer than their typical member tees. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, and I'm excited to see how much of a turnout there is for spectators. I, I Chandler downplayed how many people are going to be out there. I think there's going to be more than they expect, especially if we have great weather like we got today. June's a great time of year, and yeah. And I, tickets I, are cheap. Yes. They're easy. I think right now they're pretty easy to get to. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you need some tickets. And then, of course, the one best thing about Hazeltine that it's not even a topic is the parking. Yes. They have all these fields right there that you don't have to, you know, walk 100 miles or get to. I don't know. How did they do it at Edinburgh when the ladies were there? I don't know. There's <laughs> really must, no place to no, park, is there? No, and even Rush Creek, you know, when the ladies were out at Rush Creek. I yeah. just, I don't even know how they did those things. So I'm interested how they're going to do parking at the 3M, Yeah, which well, is coming up. Yeah. Which, again, people don't talk about, right, because they don't care. We want to see the guys hit shots, whatever, whatever. And uh, just so everybody knows, we are live here at Redwood Golf Club. We have a lot of background noise, people kind of chit-chatting, not respecting what we're doing. No, no. They, they, I thought maybe they'd be sitting down and watching in awe but clearly we're just not that talented so they're more, they're more we had a couple spectators yes we did earlier and then i thought bringing rube lance but that's that just shows you that we're going to destroy them because he didn't really bring anybody no no you know i thought maybe there'd be some stuff happening here so we have a jeff Sorensen sighting he's in the building um gracie was trying to track him down uh he made a beeline to the bathroom so she had to end that so <laughs> let me just cut in because the only person that has an, ex- as an extensive stretching routine as me is, is Jeff Sorensen. Oh, so he, we may he not has, get him. But the thing is, is he has some devices. What does he's, that mean? He's got oh, a right. foam got, roller. Yeah, did he's you got, used to have something like that? I have a foam roller that I carry around, not to the actual tournament, but I've. he's got uh, the elastic bands, uh, a stretching pole, a, uh, a stick thing that, that he's got all sorts of things. You know, he had a back issue about probably three or four years ago, and since then, stretching nonstop, and I don't think he's had any issues. Well, there's a reason why you two play very good golf, and you two are up on the points list. Where did you finish last year, Scotty? Tenth. Were you tenth? And Sorny, did he win it again? Sorny last year, won it again he... last year. Yeah. I think that's either 
three or four player of the year titles for him. Yeah, he's uh, him and Snyder and Don Barry have kind of been jockeying back and forth through those things. How many years did Snyder win it? That's your good buddy. Snyder's won it once or twice. And now that we, I think it's been those three for like the last 30 years. Granted, Don's 30 won, years? Oh, yeah. I Granted, Don's that's only a little won like, like... Now, that's your nickname. That's a little excessive. Yes, it is. It's probably not 30 years. How much? 25. All right, we got our guy here finally, Jeff Sorensen. Blank player of the year. How many, How many times? times? Six, Six times. Six times player of the year, yeah. We couldn't remember, so we knew you would help us with that. Sorny, we have to get this. We were bragging to Gracie and, and Maggie of your story, and I've chatted with you about this before. Of There was a time in your life playing in assistant events where it looked like you couldn't break 85. And all of a sudden, you just, boom. It was like, um, Jeff Sorensen knows how to play golf. What happened? You know what I'm talking about. You yeah. just you just turned the page. You're like, I'm done with playing bad golf. And you said, let's play good golf now. So what year would that, would that have been about 1993? Okay. I was a little off there. I mean, but what happened in that era? 2002, I played okay. 2003, I just go. Give go us your background. Go kind of where, where golf started for you and how you got to that point. Uh, so I played as a youth. Uh, caddied at Edinburgh and was able to play a little bit there, worked in the bag room, uh, started playing some free golf, uh, which helped, and then played at a little executive course, but then I played baseball, and so I couldn't play both for the high school um, because the athletic director wouldn't let us do that, and I, you know, probably even as a freshman, I probably could have made the team. Um, but couldn't do it, so it just didn't really concentrate on golf that much. Uh, loved baseball, played for fun, kind of thing with buddies, and then um, my junior year. After my junior, I uh, went and played this like Max Fly State Junior PGA tournament. Like finished like in the top five against all the best high schoolers in the state, and I was like, yeah, maybe I should play golf. <laughs> <laughs> Good indication there. So then switched my senior year, uh, all conference, went to state, um, and then got the Evans scholarship to the U. So I had a couple, like, you know, I could have went played at St. Cloud or Mankato or you know, a couple couple teams or a couple colleges were interested, but I couldn't give up the full ride to the university. So I went there, and then my freshman and sophomore year, they had no tryouts. John Means did not want to have tryouts, so... So I didn't do that, and then uh, worked for Don Barry for many years, and then after my junior year of college, I decided that I wanted to be a golf pro, or actually it was after my sophomore year, and I asked Don about it, and I was working in the shop as a shop assistant, he goes, I'll hire you right now if you want. So then I turned pro after my junior year, finished my senior year, a business degree from Carlson School at the University of Minnesota, and then... Um, Started going to Florida after college in the winter. My parents lived down there. And uh, the first two winters I was down there, I would say I was hitting somewhere between two and 3,000 balls a week. Because I was going through a swing change uh, that Tom Garside, uh, one of our former colleagues, was helping me with. And I just literally would hit, we had a night range right by the house I lived. Not the course I worked at down there, but the other course. And I would get there at 7 o'clock and leave at like 10 p.m. I'd be there for like three hours hitting balls. And just kind of learned how to hit it straight instead of hooking it all the time. Like what I did when I was a kid. 
Jeff, you, you hit more balls in a week than Greg's hit in the last two to three years. <laughs> two to three thousand. Greg that was not, back then. Yes, yes. You don't do that. And I and I can. I've talked to you a fair amount through over the years. Kind of what you do, and it's it's very similar to what I do. Is you don't hit a ton of balls in the summer because you're on the lesson tee. Mainly, it's just short game, right? That's it's chipping and putting because that's it's. That's ultimately what's gonna get us in the hole. So, um, what? So you're now at the Minicata Club. What is this about? Year five? Year five at Minicata. Yep. Yeah. And before that, you were at Columbia. Columbia for ten seasons. One year at Victory Links, and then first four were at Edinburgh. Okay. Okay. So twentieth season. Twentieth season. Yeah. Hard to believe. It's it's crazy. Time flies. And so I've got a question. Because for years, I think that it's it's been this way. You've you've won six player of the years. Don Barry forever was. I think you were the first one to kind of unseat him as Practical. player of the year. Yes, you cracked the code. Is there and you you used to work for Don? Is there a little bit of a rivalry Ooh, there between question. you two? I, I mean, because. You guys have been the top two in the section. I mean, Snyder the last couple of years has cracked in too, but you three for sure. But it's kind of been you and Don now for, what, 10 years, kind of back and forth? Probably a little more than that, probably yeah. since 05. I wasn't eligible to as an uh, apprentice until I got my membership in 2006. So that would have been my first year I've been eligible. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a friendly rivalry, you know, we, you know, we just, try, we both are competitive and we play hard and sometimes he wins and sometimes I win. So, <laughs> Sorry, what mentally helped you, I know you said you hit a lot of balls, you went to Florida, but what mentally, for you, helped you flip the switch to becoming that guy that says, I need to go, on, I go under par anytime. Par is irrelevant, I'm going to make good scores at every hole, but... I can shoot that low number. What what is it mentally for you? Because this is an area where I struggle. <laughs> I'm trying to get free advice from you. I know you charge seventy bucks an hour for this, but again, he'll give I'm, you the I'll discount. Take whatever right? I can. I'm listening. So I guess I just finally got some confidence that I could actually, you know, I felt confident that I could hit the shots right. Like meaning, just like I don't. At a certain point, I was very, uh, you know, I was always doubting myself and like, yeah, you're not really that good and, you know, you're going to hit this one out of bounds probably or, you know, just the wrong mental approach, you know, like I was worrying about the, uh, basically screwing up or worrying about the result too much instead of just being like, all right, balls you can control is the ball in front of you and the swing you're going to make. And so just make the swing that you know how to make. And think about where the ball is going to go, not where you don't want the ball to go. So I think that's that's a big thing. It's like I always tell my students. It's like you tell them, okay, you know they're they're worried about hitting it out like in Minnesota. They get worried about hitting it on Excelsior Boulevard on number two. You know, and I say, well, you're thinking about Excelsior Boulevard. That's your problem. Yeah. It's like when you say to someone, don't think about the imaginary elephant in the room. What are you thinking about? The elephant. Right. right? So you got to be aware of trouble, but you can't. You have to think about where am I trying to hit the ball, not where am I trying to not hit the ball. Yeah, I, it's 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 process, which I think you'd agree with. And yeah, it's Greg focuses too much on the results and is always thinking about God, I'm going to have a bad swing. Well, if you think you're going to have a bad swing, you're going to have a bad swing. 
But we need to touch on the topic here. We're at Redwood, where oh, yes. Jeff holds the course record. Yeah, Jeff 62 came, last year, yeah, Jeff? Yeah, let me set the background a little bit here. Jeff had never seen this course. He didn't come down for practice round, nothing. Walkout didn't play great. 76, I believe, at Olivia. 73. Was it, it was 73? Yeah. I wouldn't doubt Olivia. Jeff. I have a feeling he knows, he knows. most of his so rounds. So 73, again, which for Jeff is... That's like this is a windy day. It's like 64 for me. So he's doing 73, okay? Uh, I'm sorry. No, how do I? Yeah. If I shoot 73, I'd whatever. Yeah. I messed that all up, but you kind of get what I'm saying. So Sorny comes in, probably not real happy. Hadn't seen the course. And this guy, he made a tough par on 17, because that was your starting hole, right? Yeah. Number 16. And then it was ridiculous. He had like nine threes in a row. And they're all perforce people. That's, or something like that. I mean, it was just stupid. And all of a sudden, by the time Jeff got to his last hole, he's like, if I hold this out, I can shoot. 59. Oh, 59. Par 70, and I birdied a second to last hole, which I guess would have been 15. And then one of the guys is like, how many under par are you? And I'm like, I don't really know. Because you're not thinking that at that time, are you? Right, I try to stick one hole. shot at a time. Right. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, I guess I'm nine under. And then they're like, well, if you make two here, you shoot 59. So, so Jeff goes for it, Scotty, and I think back left left a little pin, bit. Yeah, back left pin. It looked like I never saw the course before, but it looked like a, a kind of a sucker pin. But I'm like, you know, what the heck, you know. Hit it right at the ball mark was a foot from the hole, but it hopped over the back, had a, had a tough chip, and just didn't get it up and down. But So bogey the last hole for 62. So 62 is the mark, which... I will say this golf course is not easy, and it's not easy to play blind. So it's it's blind. unbelievable. 62. So is there another sixty-two in the bag today? I think I, I think I'm going to need it based on how far back I am. Uh, well, Tim old. Johnson went low, but he was up really late last night. You're welcome. <laughs> we were, we were, You're welcome. We were playing pool with him. Yeah, he went back and played pool. Yeah, we played pool on uh, Max's grill there. Oh no no no! I'm talking. We were up oh even really late. Oh no no! We went to bed early. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're welcome. Jeff, they did say the rough is U.S. Open. Ask out there. It's Six to eight inches, I heard from Gorgon Locke. They played I, yesterday. I heard, yeah, it, I heard you got to uh, bring a lot of balls. And then I also heard that you don't need to eat breakfast because you're going to swallow two pounds of gnats. Yes, we're going to swallow them. <laughs> Jeffrey, give me a handshake. Thanks, hey, buddy. Thank you. Hey, finally, we got him on. Finally, we we're, needed we're gonna that. Get a, we're going to get him on again. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we can get sleep. him and Don on at the same oh, time. Oh, my goodness. And that question would be dynamite. <laughs> All right. Scotty, we got to wrap it up. we got a yeah. program to plan. We kept Maggie and Gracie here way too long. Thank you, too, for helping us out. Thanks for driving down. Thanks for driving all the way to Redwood. Again, they got up at 4.45, Gracie? I left at 4.40. 4.40 she left her house. You didn't get up that early because you were at the blackjack table too long. I didn't get up that early because I had to keep Tim Johnson up till 2 a.m. Yep. So we're going to go out there. We're going to have a good time. And, uh, Scotty, any final words before we sound off here? No. uh, We'll... We'll see you uh, at KPMG, and uh, Dustin Johnson's going to win the U.S. Open. All right, we'll update everybody on the finish of the Snowball Pro-Am there because you're in second place. You're two yep. behind Tim Johnson. And you're right there, 79. Yeah, I feel like a 61 course yes. record. You're yes. me right back in here. So, <laughs> Perfect. All right, uh, this is Greg Snow signing off for Scott McDonald, Maggie Sutton, and Gracie. I don't even know your last name yet. Stockton. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening, and we look forward to see, talking to you in a couple weeks.